personality. I have it up pretty loud. I guess it's not too bad. All right, I just stared at it and it was really... Hi, how's it going? Anybody that's jumping on? <laughs> Sometimes you forget you're in a room by yourself. You forget that there are actual people that are watching this with us. Uh, so first of which is Steve, who's on the uh, producer side of things today. He's hey, at home, not well. Uh, pray for Steve. He's got a little sinus infection, uh, not to mention a back issue that is ongoing and hopefully getting better. Man. Uh, he should be down there in the chat on Facebook. Uh, we also available on YouTube if you enjoy that experience better. Uh, I try to stay on the chat on that one during these things uh, with the volume down so that I don't bother us. There we go. Uh, we also have, uh, I guess, tag producer number two, Noah, is on the camera over here. And then for the rest of you that don't know who the big, bald, beautiful guy is next to us, it's uh, Daniel. <laughs> Beautiful's right uh, yeah, after. Yeah, that's what Dwayne Johnson always calls himself, and so uh, I, I think you're right up there with him. I don't know how much bigger he is than you, but much, couldn't be that much bigger. Like 270, I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's a large guy. Wow, that's a 110 pounds more than me. Yeah. That's like a whole other human. Yeah. Plus me. It really is. It really is. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, all right. Anyway, this is Daniel. He's our resident. Uh, well, he's a student pastor, but he's also a resident theologian. So they uh, say. It's true. Um. So we're talking about the five essentials to reaching the next generation today on Live at Lunch. This is Live at Lunch. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get back into it. I was out last week, uh, so I got to get back into the, the host mindset of this and yeah. talking to the camera that's just right there, uh, which is also represents people. So if you're people watching this, thank you. It's hard to believe thank that, you for that represents people. Yeah, there are people, lots yeah. of people that are watching that. It, yeah. Sometimes up to like... 50 to 100 people really? that watch during the week. Yeah, no, they Not necessarily live. Live, we typically stay around 10 to 12 people, which mm -hmm. is great. But over time. I love that. Over time, a lot of people watch it, and a lot of people say things to me about it, and most of the time it's nice. That's uh, good. And they like the new angles and all the different ways to see things now, and I can't stop looking at the TV because I'm... Yeah, because we're on it. I, yeah, and I'm, I'm trained, and I got a problem. I think that's what it is. I got a real problem with screens. I'm like, mm, that's me, and I'm talking, yeah. and then I'm... I don't know if that's, is that narcissism? Probably. Nah, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't ever look at you. I only look at me. Is that, that's narcissism. Well, I do the same thing. <laughs> Except earlier when you were like, look at the size difference. And I was yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. That's, everybody noticed that too. These, it looks like it's uneven, but it's, we're even on like straight down the middle. He's just way bigger. Hmm. So anyway, this is live at lunch. We come on every Tuesday, 12, 10 PM live. Most of the time you can hear us, and most of the time you can see us. Today, I believe, is one of those great days where you can hear and see us. Uh, and so, welcome. Welcome. We usually talk a little bit just about random stuff at the beginning because we want everybody to build and have a chance to get their sandwich, get their drinks, and sit Got down at their in, desk, yeah. invite their friends uh, to sit around and to watch this. And I think this, this series, although this study that we're doing right now originally was not designed for mass consumption, uh, it's good for everybody because it, it's good to always kind of understand what the church is looking at sure. as far as pastors go. And I think it's important. Pastors have to realize, and I have to remind myself all the time, although we look at church things all day long and we look at numbers and research and we're constantly trying to decide how determine what is the best way to lead people, but also the best way to uh, engage people that are walking away from the church, I think it's important for our church members to understand at least a glimpse of that every once in a while. Sure. And so uh, Dave Kinneman is someone that I've, I've respected for a really long time, especially in regards to family ministry, kids ministry. He has been 
uh, at the forefront of studying what, why is it that younger generations seem to be walking away from the church? Uh, and specifically, when he did this study, he was looking at how the pandemic is affecting church attendance and how it's affecting the younger generation. And uh, so I think it's great that Daniel's here, although that wasn't the original intent up until this morning when I said, hey, Steve, sick, could you come yeah. jump in? Uh, but you deal specifically with what people would consider the younger generation yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, and you, I assume better than most of the people on our campus, have a tie to those younger generations and why they aren't coming to church. Uh, so this, this study is really good for that. And again, for those of you that aren't pastors and church leaders, it's still just as important because everywhere you go as a Christ follower, you are a Christ follower first. If you spend most of your time at a baseball field, you're not a baseball player or a baseball coach who happens to be a Christ follower. You're a Christ follower who is also a baseball coach. Your first and foremost calling is to... Nobody, somebody's actually calling me right now. It's probably, They're probably real. To maybe. You are. Maybe. Um, whether if you're a chef or if you're a person that sits in an office, listen, you're first and foremost a Christ follower, right? That has to be our mindset. Whatever we do, we are a Christ follower first. That affects everything else. And so as we are a Christ follower first, we are also missionaries. And God. Christ Jesus himself gave us the great commission just to go and make disciples of all nations. And we have to, that's not just, we can't just sit around and come to church and hope that people come too. Right. And I think that's really what it comes down to and what Dave is saying, right? That's yeah. what, that's what you got, right? It's, yeah. We can't just say, Hey, we have this big church, come sit in it. Right. I mean, what do you think? You, you brought up some really good points earlier when we were talking. Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, one of his big things is engagement. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think there has to be, okay, get that closer. Sorry. I think there has to be uh, a priority when it comes to engagement. Uh, it, when I say that, I mean kind of a hierarchy of priorities. Uh, namely, if the church is not first engaging its members, right? And so mm -hmm. if the members, the people who are plugged into the church, are not being engaged and discipled and fed, mm -hmm. then we can't really expect them to go out and engage and disciple and pull in non-believers as well. This past Wednesday when I was teaching... For the youth, I was kind of closing out the sermon, talking about engaging other people because we're actually right now in an influx. I don't know what's going on, but we've in 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 four or five weeks, we've gone from about forty eight to fifty students up to about ninety as of this past Wednesday. And uh, you know, I kind of told them, I said that you know, the one thing I want to be sure of is you're inviting your friends. Mm -hmm. You you can't be a halfway follower but also trying to call them to lay down their lives to follow, you know? And so as an example, I, I was wearing a button down shirt. I took half of it and wearing an undershirt. Uh, <laughs> I took half important. of it off and I went, you know, walk around talking while it was hanging off one arm and just said, how stupid do I look, mm -hmm. you know? But how stupid do you think you look being halfway engaged and then trying to invite non-believers to the church? And so, and, and even from my past being a, being a non-believer until I was 24, um, Part of my issue with the church was seeing a lot of people living the same sinful lifestyles I was, mm -hmm. uh, blatantly sinful, right? And yet telling me they were Christians and trying. Uh, I'm thinking, if well, if you're a Christian and doing the same things I can, why do I need to go and be a part of what you're doing? And so, I think that's a big element of it. Um, and one of the things they had said in the video that I thought was really powerful is how many people were claiming to be non-believers inside the church, 
but partaking because of the humanitarian efforts of the church, right? right? So that's that's two totally different things that we can really dig into. So sure. let's start with first with the the first thing of living out your faith. Right? Be, that goes into being a Christ follower first. That means whatever you're doing, you're representing Christ. Right. Right. We used to we used to say when I was coaching. When you go to attract me, you're not only representing yourself, you're representing Magnolia High School, and you're representing your family. Mm-hmm. So act accordingly. Yeah. Right? Don't don't act a fool just because you think it's just you and you don't represent anyone else. By extension, by having the letters on your chest that said Magnolia, you were representing our school. Mm-hmm. You're also representing your family and everything that you do because they're tied back to you. You make a dumb mistake, it affects them. Right. Right. As a Christ follower, everything that we do shows to the world what does it look like to be a Christ follower. Yeah. Right, and if if we're not showing the same um, attributes that Christ showed, then we're not doing a very good service to right. His name. So yeah. if you're if you're walking out there living the same sinful life that you always did before you became a Christ follower, man, you're yeah. showing the world that why would I why would I subject myself to all this other stuff? Right, I, right now I don't I don't follow Christ, so I don't feel bad at all that I'm doing bad things. Right, because why wouldn't I? It's right. all about me. It's all about yeah. you yeah. know. So yeah, there's that first. One, you're being hypocritical, which has always been a huge turn off to those that don't go to church. That's sure. that's before pandemic, before post Christianity, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Hypocrites. Uh, one of my favorite songs from DC talks. It starts with the whole, you know, one of the greatest uh, causes of atheism in the world today is a person who says that they're a Christian but lives opposite of what that says. Sure. Yeah. I've always said, and I, I look around our community in general. Our community in general has a lot of wealth and the, some of the hardest people to reach are the people that, that have affluence mm-hmm. because they look at you and they're like, why would I, everything's going really good for right. me right now on the surface. Right. And it's hard for, if you're like, well, that's true. What's the difference? It has to be a heart change. It has to be the way that you perceive things. It has to be the way that Jesus showed us love, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus had everything. He had, he was God. He could yeah. have done anything. Yeah. Yeah. But yet he showed grace and mercy and love to to everyone, right? Because that's what it's all about, and that's what made that's what separates you, right? You have to be able to treat people differently and love people in a way that the world says you shouldn't love people. Yeah, and, and that's one of the questions I would often pose in in youth ministry and really to to people in general is asking yourself a question every day. You know, whether it be in the morning or at night or both is what have I done for Christ's reputation today? Mm. What have I done yeah. to his reputation today? Um, I love the, the the track uniform scenario. It fits well. I usually use, uh, you know, if you work over at Brookshire Brothers, you wear a Brookshire Brothers employee. Mm. If you're out in the parking lot pushing carts into people's cars on purpose, what do you think's going to, you know, they're going to go to, man, it, 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 it casts a bad image, a bad reputation on Brookshire's. And so it is for us, one, being the image bearers of God, but two, mm. being blood-bought. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. It, it should change your life, right? That's the whole, the whole crux behind being a Christ follower is that you've died to your old self. Right. And you're living a new life with Christ. That yeah. should look different. Yeah, absolutely. That should look different. Absolutely. And I think different to the degree, and going off of where you originally uh, mentioned earlier about inviting, it should look so different that people come and go, hey, what is going on with yeah. you? You know, and that that in and of itself is an initial invite, which brings us to uh, uh, Peter telling us that we should have, you know, uh, always have a, a, a reason or, a, or an explanation to the hope that's within us, an answer. Um, 
Yeah. And, yeah. and so that goes to the second point, which is you've got to be inviting. You've got mm-hmm. to be, you've got to be, it's got to be more than just, hey, come to sit with me at church. Right. Because they're going to go, why? Right. I've got a lot of other things that I could do that are more fun. You should come with me. Mm-hmm. So what is the, what is the engaging thing that we say, hey, you should come to our church and do this. Right. Right. First off, they have to see that we care about them. Mm-hmm. We have to see that we love, we have, we love them and that we want to connect with them. Right. And church is an outpouring of that. If you, you want to come to a student service, why? Because there's some great things that are happening there. And I sure. think your messages on engagement are the things that's making people go, okay, I have something to tell people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of Again, it's another reason why I wanted to do this study so that we could have an opportunity to get into the conversation of how do we invite people to church? How do right. we, how do we engage these people that are moving into these neighborhoods, these young people that are, that are doing well because these, these houses they're moving into aren't exactly the slum. Yeah. They're real nice places. Right. How do we go and engage them? How do we knock on the door and say, Hey, I just want to say welcome to the neighborhood. I'm from Magnolia's first. And I'd love for you to join us there. Cause we're doing this in the community. We're doing this across the mm-hmm. globe and we're meeting in small groups to connect with people. And all those things are happening here at Magnolia's first. And we, we have to start championing those things, yeah. right? We can't just keep it as some isolated social club. Yeah. And that's, unfortunately, that's the easy thing for us all to, to fall into. And mm-hmm. somewhere along the line between the first uh, century Christians and 21st century Christians, we fell into that trap of come to this big building and we'll give you all the Jesus we need. Right. Instead of being Jesus to everybody out in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think... Magnolia's first is really trying to engage people to do these days is to say, Hey, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, you can engage people as a disciple of Christ, right? It doesn't have to be necessarily on our campus. Although we have great facilities and great opportunities to really aid in that. You can engage right across your street. Yeah. And And we want you to. That's part of the, you know, Christianity is definitely not a spectator sport. Mm -hmm. It is not. If, If, I mean, if that's, if you're a skeptic on the line or on the fence and you're going, I don't know, well then yeah, you're you're wanting to look from the outside in and see if this is something you're willing to buy into. But for the believer, we don't we're not here just to sit in a chair on a Sunday. Um, yeah. and, and I think you you know, you mentioned part of what we do here, which is small groups, and I think that is paramount yeah. uh, to the body of believers and to being inviting. Small group scenarios, especially over food, has been a countless iconic uh, way to invite people and accept them throughout the millennia of humanity. I mean, everywhere you see in scripture, where people went together, it started with mm-hmm. food, it started with water, it started with, yep. it was around, it, that's a great natural place. It is the designed place, yeah, I believe, for absolutely. it. Maybe that's why God made us eat. I've always, I've wondered mm-hmm. for years, why, why do I have to eat? Because it's such because a blessing. Because I, I, man, I don't, I, it drives me crazy because I'm yeah. like, man, I just need to get fuel and move on yeah, down so the road. different taste. But, Taste is everything. Yeah, yeah but, but there's a reason why God was like, nope, three times a day, you're going to need to eat. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because, hey, those are the best opportunities for you to get with people and sit around and make connection. Yeah, absolutely. Because your focus, you can put your head down and chomp, 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 chomp. But at some point, you're forced to look up. And even when you take a breath and people are staring at you and you're like, yeah. oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Which I, I, it's a small diversion. If you're eating right in front of the TV and just staring at the TV, I would challenge you to maybe stop doing that. Yeah, right. We, I, my family found a, about eight years ago, seven years ago, it was about seven years ago, we had fallen into a, a pattern of instead of the, prior, the, the majority of the time sitting around the table eating, we had fallen to watch sitting around the TV eating. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't 
engage with conversation. It doesn't offer for a connection with the people that you're around the table with. So I would engage, I would encourage you get away from the TV for a little while and see how many more great conversations you can have. And if you need some ideas for things to do at the table, instead of just staring at each other eating, I can give you those ideas. You can just email me, yeah. Seth at M1BC.org, because we have lots of things. My daughter's favorite is Hilo. She loves oh, the Hilo yeah. game. Tell Hilo's. us the best thing that happened to your day and the worst thing that happened to your day. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's great. She's six. She loves it. The kids, they like it too. And your teenagers will try to, uh, this dinner is really good and I didn't have a low. Like, no, that doesn't, that doesn't yeah. work. And so yeah. we have to jump on it. But they're teenagers. Their brains are broken. Yeah, they are. Uh, it's not fair. They're, they're on fire all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually it calms down. Anyway. Those, those food opportunities are great ways to make connection within small group. If you take, uh, or if you invite your neighbor, who you've been desperately trying to connect with for Jesus, because right. you know maybe their life doesn't exhibit that, invite them over for dinner or say, hey, I'm grilling hot dogs in the backyard. You guys want to come over? Then it's less, Man. that's less, you know. Less pressure. Yeah, less pressure moment. than having somebody come in your house. And come in, anyway, those are great. So, he mentioned the small groups that we have. We, have we, we want to kick off and run small groups. Right now we have great Bible studies that are happening on Sunday mornings. We have Bible studies that happen on the Wednesdays. And those are all great. And if, you, if that's something that fits into your mold, we want you to get connected in that way. But maybe you're, you're thinking, I don't want to be part of a class. I want to be part of a small group of believers. Well, we're, we're starting those as well. We need leaders. We need people to join all of those things. If that's something you want to get involved in, again, Seth at M1BC.org, and I will connect you and we'll, we'll have a dialogue and figure out how to get you connected. Cause I know that people are desperately desiring that. That is the biggest takeaway that I took from the pandemic is that we, we thought we were pretty connected mm-hmm. and then we weren't when we stopped meeting, we stopped meeting. Yeah. And we want to create groups that pandemic, no pandemic, nuclear Holocaust, it doesn't matter. Those people are banded together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whatever it is whoever the groups are. And I, the truth is, I don't care what your group looks like. Right? As someone who's now in charge of groups, I, I get to make the decision. And right. I, I make the decision that we are such a multi-generational church. And one of the things that makes us great about being a multi-generational church is we don't just fit into one bucket. Right. We got a bunch of buckets. Now, as a leadership, that's a lot. But for people, it gives you the ability to truly say, okay, I'm, I proposed this. I don't. I think I may have talked about it before. I propose this as a series moving forward for uh, Pastor Ed next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hands and feet of Jesus, right? When Jesus said we're the hands and feet, we're not only the hands and feet, we're the ears and the eyes and the nose and the knees and the right. backs. and there's, We're all different parts. We have to identify what is our part. Yeah. And then group together with those parts so that you can be strengthened as that sure, absolutely. part. Sure, absolutely make connections. Now, maybe you're somebody that's like, you know what? I want to be somebody that's totally different than me because I want to brought, great, let's start a group that's like that. We have some hands and we have some feet and we have some, but I think the, the groups that are going to connect the most are they're going to be the, the knees that all connect together, yeah, right? Or the hands that like to do missional work or the, mm-hmm. the, the, the heads who like to sit around and decide, okay, let's, let's dig into this theology and let's show, let's figure out how we can put that into action in our daily right. lives. Because no matter what you do, it all should point you back to the Great Commission, which is engaging others to become Christ followers, like our mission statement is. Uh, but as Jesus said, to go and make disciples of all nations, which we term it for Magnolia's first, to engage every generation to become Christ followers. Right. That's our narrow focus, which is actually pretty wide. But it is very broad. It, but it does focus us into saying, listen, we're not doing this just to hang out. Right. We have a decision, right? So if you want to start a, a group that is... Uh, 
uh, open to those who don't believe in Jesus yet. Great. Do yeah, that. Absolutely. Right. If you're mission minded and you're thinking, I, I'm, I want to connect with the generation of people like these people who don't fully know Jesus yet or haven't made, crossed the line of faith, right? This is, as Pastor Ed would say, they're on a journey to faith and they're not on the journey of faith because you have to take a step across the line of faith to become, to be on that journey of faith. So if you're someone that's like, man, I have a heart for those who don't know Jesus, but have questions, right? You're really good at that too. You love doing Q and A's. Oh yeah. Well, maybe you start a group or maybe you have a group that is just seeker sensitive people that are like, man, I got questions about Christianity or I have questions about faith in general. Can we just talk about that? Right. And Pastor Ed's actually this son, just a little preview for those of you that get to watch, you get this little insight. Uh, he's going to talk a lot about that this week as seeker small group type things. Mm-hmm. People that are reaching into the community to say, Hey, come over, let's share a meal. And then let's just have a discussion about my faith your faith. What do you believe? Maybe you don't have a belief. What is, what are some of the right. questions you have? And let's talk about it. Right. And you said before, some of the greatest discussions you've ever been in were with people that didn't know Christ and just yeah. said, Hey, let's talk about this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They were willing to ask the questions. Um, I mean, it, it was a, it was a, it was a, a cooperative willingness, I guess you could say, um, to share our hearts and be very, very raw with one mm-hmm. another in that moment. Um, you know, and, and set aside offense. And that's difficult sometimes. That's the, that's the key mm-hmm. is to set aside your, your, don't feel like you're going to be judged. Don't feel like you're going to be, uh, offended. Right. Because we're just, oh, we just, we're just having a discussion. Yeah. And I think people love that. All the people that I've ever come into contact with that didn't have the same faith as I did. Mm-hmm. They were always willing to engage in conversation when they knew it was safe. Right. Right. That's the key. You're not bringing people into your house to say, you need to believe in Jesus. Right. And right now that's the only thing. And the other we know that it is true and that's the one true God and the one true way to salvation. But man, they don't know that. Right. And if you just beat them over the head and tell them how bad they are and all the things that they're doing is terrible, Mm. who wants to hang out with that person? Yeah. You normally, well, Tim Keller says it really well. He says, no one, no one came to realize they're a sinner by being told they were one. (laughs) They came to realize by being shown, Yeah. you know? And so I think that's where, um, what I prefer to do. And I think I, I probably adopted it from Tim Keller uh, is to really get deep down into the motives and, and um, uh, desires and thoughts of a person's heart. You know, you start having those real heart-to-heart conversations and seeing what real underlying things are underneath the, the, the heart of a non-believer or just a prodigal, someone who's really turned from God. Uh, that's where you really, you know, you could, we, you could get into ontological arguments and all this stuff, but that's not the heart issue as to why they're not believing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's one of the biggest things that keeps myself and and what I normally encourage other people, don't be scared of those conversations because 99% of the time it has more to do with heart issues that you're also dealing with. And so you actually know how to relate better than you think. Yeah. And listen, you may be thinking you're starting a group for seeker sensitive people. And the next thing you know, you learn more than anybody. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, think about it. We've talked about this before. The, the mission trips that we've gone on where we were, we were immersed in that culture that was totally different Mm -hmm. than our own. That's when we learn the most. Uh, I've said, when I became a foster parent, I realized how much I don't know about right. parenting. Yeah. When you're forced into situations that are outside your comfort zone, you start realizing, man, I, I need to find answers to mm-hmm. these questions. And then what you do as you deepen your faith is that you're like, oh, wow, this is, this is even more real than I thought. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. it's more powerful than I thought because I didn't even know the questions I didn't know to ask. Yeah. And that, 
those type of small groups will draw that out in you. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to get into a group and go, man, I don't know that. I need to ask. I need to find that out. Right. Because we got resources and we have people that are. Oh yeah. Desperate to help yeah, you definitely. in those things. So don't, don't let that fear of, man, I don't know enough. I'm not ready. Don't let that cause you to, to not step into these type of groups. If you know that God's calling you to reach to those people, maybe you're one of those people that you're constantly around and you're seeing the, 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 the people that, that don't know Jesus around you. Perfect. God's obviously lining you up to do something sure. like this. And you have a heart for those people. Draw them in. Connect with them. Because there's one thing that Christ follower, not Christ follower, atheist, not atheist. Everybody wants to be connected. Mm-hmm. We are designed for connection. 100%. Even the people that are the most isolated, they still want to be connected to a s- small yeah. group of people for support. They may yeah. not even know it. And they may be in a state of depression or something like that that they initially don't want it. But when you get into and listen, I'm a pretty big introvert. I have a certain amount of people that I like to be around. Mm-hmm. It gets a little weird when it's bigger. But whatever you are, whether you're a large group party type of person where you you feed off of that or you're more of a small group, you all want to be connected. That's yeah. the common design is we all want to be connected. So you get connected in some type of group, whatever it is. You know you want to. And whatever your fear is and whatever is tripping you up to get into that point, you got to lay that down and say, I got to take that next step mm-hmm. in my faith journey. Gotta yeah, take it's that not an step. accident where you are. And so it's yeah. it's important to take advantage and not take for granted whatever situations God has you in, whether you're a believer or non-believer, you're around specific people for a purpose, and God is working those things according to the counsel of his will. And so um, to neglect that is definitely to sleep on one of the most beautiful gifts that we've been given, and which is one another. God has made us all different. And like we were, like I was saying, some of us are hands, some of us are feet, some of us are eyes, some of us are nose. Whatever that is, you got to identify what that is for you, right? What again? You're thinking of what does a knee mean? I'm just talking about like what is it that that makes you you, right? There, what are your spiritual gifts? Yeah. What are the things that that who are you? Once you start to identify that, you can start saying, okay, I want to be around more of these people, right? Right? I can see that God is, he's putting something, he's doing something in me that is this bend, whatever it is. Maybe you, again, maybe you see those that don't know Christ and you want to evangelize to them, or maybe you have a gift of teaching, or maybe you have a gift of, of um, hospitality or mm-hmm. whatever it is. You get with those people and man, you can do some amazing things. And, and the church, the church at, of, uh, as a whole is made up of all those parts. That's where you can really start doing some great right. things for the church. When you start bonding together with the people, connecting together in a small group of the people who are like you, then that group of people can do great things. Yeah. Right? Then you can start reaching people where they are in a way that as individuals we just can't do. Yeah. And then knowing the other parts of the body that are resources for the areas that you don't. That's right. Yeah. And be able to lean on those people. Mm-hmm. That's what makes the church amazing. And that's why it's so amazing that we have such great resources here as a church we're ready. We're primed. All we have to do is get to that body. And listen, it may seem like we've gotten off track here as far as reaching the next generation, but that's what the next generation yeah. wants. Yeah. They don't want to come and just sit and be something yeah, and say, check the list. They want to be a part of something. Everybody wants to be a part of something. So you have small groups to connect them to something that they're yeah. going to be a part of in a greater thing. And then you'll watch them in droves start to come back to a yeah. church because they're like, hey, what are you guys doing on Sunday? We're like, hey, we're going to church. We're going to worship. And then we're going to go do this. Mm-hmm. Man, you will see the church explode. And I think on the side of the pandemic, while we have so many people 
younger generations, older generations that have walked away from the churches because they weren't connected. Right. They went and sat and they got up and they left. Yeah. And they weren't connected. They were doing what was right. Like, like you were saying, they, they, they were checking a box of goodness mm-hmm. and then they, re- they realized it doesn't matter. Yeah. Cause I can watch all these things online and I can do, I can check that box there. It's about the connection. People will come back to the greater body of worship when they know that there's a group of people there that are going to worship with them right? and that are strengthening. And then to see all of those groups come back together, it causes excitement. Yeah. It causes great amount of excitement. It's why the youth ministry is growing right now is they're like, Hey, we have something going on here. Yeah. Whatever it might be. It can't even, they might not be able to verbally express it. No, they probably, but can't. something <laughs> is going on and they're like, yeah. I, I can invite my friend to that because it's exciting. Yeah. And yeah. You can invite your neighbors to it when you know that things are happening around your church that is exciting. Mm-hmm. We set up a disc golf course. Yeah. Next thing you know, there are so many people walking around. Man, that this is course insane. Like I crazy. did not expect to see that quick. They're yeah. already out there. Why? Because they're part of a group. Mm-hmm. They're part of a, of, of, a, of people of great same interest, and they're out there. And we didn't even have to do anything. We yeah. just put the stuff up, and all of a sudden, people are like, it's there. Yeah. And next well, thing you know, they're talking to each other. C.S. Lewis, when he talks about friendship, that's one of the important things he says. He says, friendship always begins with someone saying, oh, you too. Mm-hmm. You know, once you find that commonality, uh, then you have something to share. Yeah. And so, yeah. And we have a lot of people in our congregation have a lot of commonality and probably don't even know they it. They don't know it. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, when you have hundreds of people that are gathering mm-hmm. together, there are there are pockets of those people that that identify with the things that you identify with. And when you get into a small group, you can be vulnerable to say, Hey, I, I'm interested in reptiles. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, yes. Yeah. Ha, the weirdo. Oh, come here. <laughs> that, that's I, funny. that's what, I'm, okay, it doesn't have to be reptiles. It could be anything else that, but you're like, maybe nobody likes this kind of stuff except me, like mm. technology or something, or just studying revelation or just right. digging into uh, Titus or, mm-hmm. or anything, basket weaving. Okay, we, all of those things create a bond within people. And then how can you use that same commonality and interest to further the gospel of Christ? Because right. Jesus needs people doing that all over the place. Yeah. Not just on your own. Yeah. And that's, that's if you're looking for the reasons why the, the generations are, have gone, again, I think we've targeted this younger generation because it's easy to identify them and they're outspoken and they're on social media and they're, it's easy to say, Hey, they've walked away from the gospel. But I would submit that generations all the way down have started to creep away from the church. And it's because that's why you see all these numbers decreasing in churches all over the place. It's not just the younger generation. It's all of the generations that are not engaged with a connected group. Mm -hmm. And when they do, you'll start to see the, the numbers of church come up. I'm yeah. convinced. I, I agree. I don't think it's, it's not like it's revolutionary either. We I mean, could see it in Acts. It's what yeah. happened. Yeah. Right. They started meeting together and they did it in two different ways, right? They met in the house and they met in the temple, mm-hmm. right? They started in the house and then they said, let's go to the temple. Let's worship corporately. Be encouraged. Be, be excited about what's happening, what God's doing in the greater body. And let's go back to the house and start inviting other people back to yeah. the house so we can take them back to the temple. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. It's, again, the model's there. It is. It I, is. It's nothing new. It's, it is nothing we don't have to reinvent all. any will here. We just have to be willing Do to... Do what's been just, done. I, I think there's a lot of times that, that God's like, I, I, 
it's all right there. It's yeah. all in the, it's all, I wrote it down. We yeah. did it and we showed you. Mm-hmm. Just do that. Don't overcomplicate things. Yeah, I agree. We like to overcomplicate things we as do. a people. I don't know why. I don't either. I'm an efficiency guy. And so when I see overcomplicating happening, I'm like, oh, why, why? Yeah. But we like to, we like to overcomplicate things. We like, hey, we, A to B is the way to get there. Okay, well, let's, let's talk about this and this and this and this. Yeah. And this. Like, and you got a dynamic there that's probably because we are creatives and there's another far larger dynamic that's probably because of pride. So Yeah, we like to yeah. do it our way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And say we were the start of something. Yeah. But that's, I can promise you now there's nobody watching right now that created toilet paper, but they're smart enough to use it. So, Well, some people. There could be some people in India that don't know what you're talking about. Are they watching? We're worldwide. They could be. It's late, but actually it's 12, so it's not that late. 12, like it's 12 here, so it means it's it's not terribly early. It could be really early. I don't know. 10 hours. It could be like 2 in the morning. 12 o'clock is a weird thing. Probably not awake. Maybe they're watching it post. Maybe they listen to the podcast, which we have available on all platforms all around the globe. Podcast where if you can't watch this all the time, you can just listen to it. All you have to do is search live at lunch. You can go back and watch this in the archives on YouTube, on Facebook. We're available. We're out there. You can go to m1bc.org and find all of our podcasts and all of the things for live at lunch, for our worship services, for, for prayer from the back porch. A lot of great things that are happening uh, online. But the most important thing that we want you to get out of today is get in a group. If you want to see the next generation or older generations come back to the church as a whole, you got to do your part and get connected in a group because that's where, that's where it's going to happen. Yeah. So do your part. Don't, don't think you got to fix this whole thing. Cause that the only one who ever fixed this whole thing was Jesus. Yeah. And he offered, and he offered himself as a sacrifice <clears throat> so that we might be able to come back to God. That was the whole totality thing. Yeah. Outside of that, we just got to do our part. That's it. Yeah. There you go. All right. Listen, thank you so much for joining us today. We are uh, so honored to have you, here at Live at Lunch. Hope you had a good time. If you ever have any questions, again, you can email me, Seth, at m1bc.org. You could also email Daniel if you really want to talk stuff like that, too. Uh, Daniel at m1bc.org. We made it super simple. Our emails are super simple. If you want to check out more about things that are happening at the church, m1bc.org is a great place to start. That's that's all I got. So hope you guys have a great week. Thanks so much for joining us today. And in about 40 seconds, I'm going to click this thing off. So... Now you get to just stare at us. You just get to stare at us.